The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. Our guest today is Gergay Sertich, who is the leading the transformative programs in the AI strategy for Hungary. Hi, Gergay. Thank you so much for joining us on AI Today. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. Hi, Gergay. It's great to see you again. For our listeners, um, you know that I went to the OECD event back in Paris in the end of February of 2020, and I actually met Gergay in person. So I'm so excited that we have the opportunity to interview him today on this podcast. I'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners, tell them a little bit about your background and your current role. Okay, thank you very much. Yes, we indeed met in in uh, Paris. This, I think, it was the last days before the lockdown of of Paris and then the COVID situation in March. So um, uh, we we were we were both part of the OECD One AI Expert Group, and so that's one of the roles. But my uh, main role was in the last two years to coordinate the the efforts of the Hungarian AI coalition, which was responsible for developing the AI strategy for the Hungarian government. And um, since it was announced in the the summer, I took on a new role of leading two of the so-called transformative programs that were defined in the strategy that are aiming to, to change the the lives of everyday citizens, so not just high-level thinking, but uh, real-life experience of, of AI, going more into the, the depth of, of uh, not technology, but organization and, deve- and uh, delivery. Um, another role I have is that um, I'm teaching at the Franklin School of Finance and Management. I'm teaching um, AI in business, so I'm um, an economist by by education, and I was always in this kind of uh, middle or bridge role between technology and business. I had a startup and another one uh, around AI also, and um, and then the consulting work around this. So I was always in this in between field of of why AI is good for the society and uh, the economy, and between the the actual opportunities of the technology. So um, it's always exciting for me to to have these kind of conversations that you have in, in um, this podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's really important. Um, you know, for us, you know, we, we do an annual report on strategies uh, that countries have around artificial intelligence. And we've been doing this, we just did it last year, but we've been tracking com- countrywide level strategies for, for years. And, you know, one of the interesting things about artificial intelligence that may be a little bit different than, than some of the areas of technology is that countries do have strategies around how they're going to advance um, both the development, the research, the investment, the entrepreneurial adoption, and the industry adoption 
uh, as well as use of AI for you know governmental things, you know governmental act- activities, and um, you know also for what's happening in defense and other parts of the sector. And so we we do that report yeah. once a year. We did it in 2019 and 2020. I mean, and we will have mm-hmm. another update coming in early 2021. So um, you know mm-hmm. maybe so for for those of our listeners, maybe a little, little bit of insight into what Hungary is doing there. You know, the Hungarian government you know recently adopted an AI strategy that sets some ambitious goals and measures for the development and use of AI in Hungary. So maybe you could share some insights about what Hungary is doing and, and maybe sort of compare and contrast that to, to what you see happening around the world. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's, a, it's a huge topic to try to, to summarize a strategy in, in a few words, but that's, that's, that's the goal here. Um, uh, first of all, we did our homework that what are the other strategies uh, doing, and we we saw a pattern that was that was recurring in all of the strategies. Just the things that you have mentioned that how am I preparing the economy? How am I preparing the society, the entrepreneurial uh, scene? Um, how do I build on my strength as a country to do the research and incorporate ourselves in the in the um, the global scene, the European scene in our case, uh, how do we compete and cooperate with, with countries and specific industries? Um, and the, the really curiosity of our, our um, strategy, I think, was that it wasn't really done by a handful of people who were very smart and, um, and uh, did some measurements in trying to come up with a big idea. Um, but with a coalition of 270 organizations who were somewhat some in, in some aspect interested in in AI. Either they are developing, researching, or they adapt or plan to adapt to that, or they regulate it, or they represent uh, specific uh, layers of the organization or of the society. Um, so we had representatives for, for blind people, we had uh, representatives of, of big companies, of startups. Of, so it's a huge, it was over a, a thousand delegates uh, who were working on this. And this the, the whole work was around building and collecting ideas that come from the people who are actually going to use it. And so I think that maybe some, um, as a, as a, Preface. Uh, this was a very important and a very exciting way of methodology of, of doing this. One of the things that we we found is that as as numbers is that by 2030 we could have 15% extra GDP for the country coming from AI, which is a huge opportunity, and also around a quarter of our uh, employees or people who are working in some uh, anyways. Are going to be affected by AI, not replaced by AI, but definitely their work is going to be affected by it. So um, we had to boil down these kind of measures of how are we going to prepare the society and the economy for this level of change and this level of, of opportunity that is going to play out. And we also wanted to to define some specific objectives that that are going to be uh, relevant for us. We had some high-level objectives that we would like to achieve this 15% of, of GDP growth for coming from AI and also having 1 million people who are finding more value-added jobs 
with the help of AI. So uh, not maybe not replacing their jobs, maybe not new jobs, but having an add-on competence that they would be able to use AI-enabled tools or or uh, can uh, collaborate with robots in a way that they can be more focusing on the creative or the humanly uh, parts. <laughs> this was a huge uh, I wouldn't say debate, but it's uh, there's a lot of ongoing discussion about how to how to do this. So the end result of of this this kind of thinking was that we built a strategy in a th three layer um, format. The first layer, the foundational layer, were six pillars that we defined um, that mainly came from all of the things that we learned from all of the other strategies and all of the things that how can we prepare uh, the, the economy and society for this. Uh, the first three pillars are uh, what we call the AI value chain, uh, that how can we kickstart the, the data economy, which was a huge uh, work. Uh, how do we do the, the AI research and development and how do we do the AI uh, adaption or applications and this is, this is a cycle that the more applications we do the more data we have the more developments we can have the more applications we can have and and locally in the in the country and also in all of these stages uh integrating with the global ecosystem um and then in every part we defined new institutions new um, actions, new uh, resources that were allocated to different kind of purposes. And the se second three pillars, what we call the framing pillars, are um, education, the preparation of the society. Um, That's the, the, the fourth pillar, the infrastructural kind of uh, investments and the regulatory and ethical frameworks. I think these are uh, kind of self-explanatory because we have to invest in education, either the society as a whole, either in changing the educational system. One of the big things that we were discussing is that how can we manage the, the education of the currently um, working people since in 10 years, someone who already worked for 10 years is going to still be half time in their not even half time at their <laughs> at their uh, career, so uh, it's not a level a, a question of changing in the universities or even at the at the elementary or uh, high school levels, but it's uh, uh, an education for everyone. And in infrastructure, we did a lot of uh, thinking about what what new kinds of infrastructure types of infrastructure does AI. Uh, define because it's not just the the actual uh, computational power storage power but there are certain types of uh, algorithms or data uh, sets that are acting as infrastructure type of assets in a country just if you look at all of the open source layers that have been built in the ai uh, world or all of the open data sets that are available for further development for the Hungarian for for 
for the Hungarian ecosystem and especially for the Hungarian language, we will have to uh, nurture that and manage that uh, so that for such a small country, we would have the same kind of levers that could help our um, people to grow. And um, the sixth uh, pillar was the was the regulatory um, impact, and in that we saw that in this uh, sense we are mainly part of the EU regulation, which has has come up with several ideas now, uh, taking heavily part in the in the AI white paper that is going to be the basis of the AI regulation at the EU. That is accepting a risk-based approach, which in general we agree with, and in trying to to define that how are going to how how are they going to be specific measures, uh, especially in in that are applying for such small countries that we are, for like uh, data sovereignty or national sovereignty that are threatened by all of these technologies. How can we regulate this? How can we regulate the adaption rate and the the, specific, the critical uh, infrastructures or critical um, uh, tasks that we would have to protect? And also, we had a very vibrant discussion around this uh, with the with the community about how in this new area are they are there things that have to be um, protected that are totally new like 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 influencing or or, or at at scale or what if someone comes here and starts to buy up a whole country level of data infrastructure which we don't realize at first and then it becomes a threat so very very uh, wide scale so this was the 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 foundational layer and then we added two other layers the, other, the second one would be that what are the key industries that we are focusing on and the third one is where i'm active currently is what we call transformative programs and by transformative programs we define seven which are are, are only almost projects that can be executed and can be focused on and has a very sharp um, again numeric um, uh, target that we would like to achieve uh, and has a, an attribute that it has an important impact on people's everyday lives, like uh, self-driving vehicles, like implementing uh, chatbots for customer services, like having AI-enabled assistance for, 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 for healthcare and for education and using more green energy with the help of AI, with the with the scheduling process and um, something that we call a data wallet where where we can manage, we can enable the citizens to manage their their data capital or something that is currently emerging as as data capital. So these are the three layers that we have um, come up with. And I think the, the the key innovation is in the third layer that while we see in a lot of countries that they de uh, they developed institutions and and a lot of resources and um, in key areas where they want to focus on, uh, 
this is something that came up maybe because of our um, our structure of a lot of ideas coming from the bottom up that we need things that we can actually focus on and then show results in for the everyday people that brings it closer to their to their lives and and make it relatable so maybe that's just a, a quick recap of the of the strategy great yeah thank you i know it's a very comprehensive strategy so it's not always easy to summarize in just a few minutes but <laughs> that was great and then i know yeah. that some of our follow up questions dig a little bit deeper into some of these including this mm -hmm. one so one area of the strategy focuses on education, competence development, and societal preparedness. I know that there's also a goal in this strategy to create an AI innovation center as well. Can you share with us some more details around this? Yeah, sure. So um, as I said, this kind of competency uh, development um, and social preparedness, we saw that it's a key factor that, that the technology is there we could gain a lot of value from this if a lot of people knew what this was and were not afraid of it, did not have misconceptions or um, did not have the first association to be the Terminator. So it's a, it's a big job to, to transform a society's thinking from the prejudice of, of what they have in here to a real, realistic view of, of what is really happening. Although this is a very personal thing because an we, a lot of cases, uh, identify ourselves with our intelligence. And if there's something like artificial intelligence, then where am I going to be? So there are a lot of questions around that. But on an institutional layer, uh, we define something that, uh, that, is, that we call an AI innovation center that is focusing on helping the SMEs to, to, to have a place a spot a hub where they can go to and ask that okay here am i i'm manufacturing um whatever kind of um uh, materials or shoes or uh, is there a space for me in ai or where should i start when i want to say i see this old buzz around ai and i and i know i'm and I'm, a, I'm progressive but where do i start so one of the big tasks of this AI Innovation Center is to provide with co provide consultancy services for anyone who seeks that, and also to to be proactive and being able to identify key knowledge segments that these SMEs and key players would have to um, acquire to have kind of a cookbook if you're an SME in a specific industry, where where can you start? What is a recommendation system? What is a chatbot? Why is chatbot, of course, it's an important thing, but maybe you don't need a chatbot. Maybe it's a recommendation engine, it's a lot better, or just have a better query for your website. So um, a lot of these things have to be clarified and, um, and be driven to. Um, and it very much complements another big effort that actually starts today on the first of December, which is 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 is, is a cornerstone of the uh, this education pillar, is what we call an AI challenge. That where the idea came from, the the Finnish and the, another, it's more and more adapted in Europe. This uh, AI challenge that we have to make a uh, one percent of the of the society knowledgeable about what AI is. And uh, we developed an own um, 
AI course that is an e-learning online course that very much focuses on, a, on the applications, so not the technology, but how it affects your everyday life, what kind of questions does it uh, pose on a societal level, and then how, how, how do we cope with that, what is the strategy, so how, how does it affect the everyday lives of, of the people. Um, and our goal is to actually have 1% of the society, so 100,000 people, to to um, deliver it, um, complete it by the end of the, the, the year. And with another goal that we create a small video about what is this, a five-minute little video. We have a website, aihungary.com, and we would like to have a million people, so 10% of society, to have a clearer understanding of what AI is, but not having to go into the depths of this uh, education, but 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 getting away from the Terminator and Skynet kind of uh, thinking. So um, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, institutions and these kind of projects are in the service of of, of shifting the consciousness of this of, of a society, which is I think it's a, a beautiful task. Yeah. And, you know, that that's we spent a lot of our time trying to educate uh, both those who are implementing AI and machine learning. We have a pretty comprehensive training that's around a methodology for that. We're also expanding it, our training to more foundations on AI and foundations of data science. Because you're right, a lot of it is like people have the, the science fiction understanding of artificial intelligence in their head. But exactly. a lot of what's really happening is very mundane and very sort of, uh, you know, predictive exactly. analytics and patterns and all the, the seven patterns of AI that we like to talk about a lot. And, um, exactly, yeah. you know, people need to understand that. Uh, in addition to that, you know, one of the things we've been tracking, in addition to worldwide country strategies, is we've been tracking the worldwide regulatory framework. Because as, as mm -hmm. people start making more use of AI, uh, people are starting to realize that it is impacting uh, people's lives, uh, both uh, personal lives as well as what's happening in the enterprise, what's happening in governments and military and all these sorts of things. And so people are starting to think already about rules and laws around that. We published a report also earlier in the year around worldwide AI laws and regulations. We have another report coming out early in the next quarter of 2021. And and so you know, we've been looking at different laws and regulations. And of course, different countries have different perspectives on, on how things should be regulated or not regulated. Um, so maybe you can give us a little bit of insight as to the Hungarian strategy as to what the regulatory environment is for AI and for data, and just in general, how Hungary is approaching uh, AI regulation, and of course, also within the context of the EU, which is has its own sort of framework for AI regulation. Exactly, exactly. So this is a very hot topic today, both in Hungary and in all around Europe, that how are we going to regulate this kind of area, uh, given that we became some of... <laughs> Some people say that we are the innovators in AI in regulation space, and uh, and and with the GDPR, and now coming up with the AI uh, white paper, and now just uh, on 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 Wednesday, last Wednesday, I came up with the data um, data governance act uh, that is uh, setting new and new frames for how this is going to be, and in most of these. Areas we're contributing into these debates. I think that if 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 I would like to highlight something that I think is very 
uh, novel and um, I'm very proud of that we're working on is, is something that how can we regulate what we call data asset or data capital. Uh, the important part in this and for, for, the, for the whole AI economy, the foundation, of course, is the data economy. So if we have good access and clear access, and most of the AI regulations are around if, if we're in risky sectors, that we should know where the source is, of the data is and then how it was, how, how your model was trained and then how is the not biased. But for that, we have to have a tracking of all of these kind of data. And for this, we have to make the organizations and the people be able to move their data. And for this, we have to make them be able to activate investments on data capital. I, I think this is a, a core, a very important thing. And then we we also um, established a, an institution uh, called the uh, National Data Asset Agency um, that is heavily involved in elaborating new regulations that are more um, guidelines that how do we define under the law this thing that we have as a data capital? So not just individual data that has some kind of an information uh, opportunity, but something that could be sold as a, a, a bundle uh, and that can someone can invest in it and someone can activate it in their books. Uh, and what does it mean to... To sell it, and then how? What does it mean to to just sell for use or sell for for good? Uh, and then, so this would be, and we already see that more and more interest comes from the industry towards this kind of regulation. That if we had this, and if we start to implement this, then suddenly a lot of the business thinking and business. Uh, methodologies uh, can be applied to this as a good as something that we are going to be have to be uh, trading and better monetization better investments into and and evaluation of the company so so it would count into the evaluation of the company and for this we are and I'm not I'm not in there <laughs> I'm not a lawyer but we have some great colleagues um, uh, who are working on this, how can we set a regulation for what do we call a data set so that we can have a, the, the foundational building block for this. Also, we have a lot of regulations on, on, um, on the thinking of the data sovereignty. How are we going to handle... So if, if, if this kind of data trading really starts, then how can we protect the rights of the the users who are not really aware yet of what kind of value do they have with their data we i see that when i, I talk to some uh, us friends that it is it is such a big market there already in the data monetization and without the consent of the users that that it's very hard to keep track of what kind of data does anyone have about me? And then how much does it worth? Uh, could I withdraw it? How could I manage it? Um, and with the GDPR, the, the EU have created some kind of framework where 
they put the the user in the middle and but still the user is not aware of that because we would expect them to be a data conscious person which would be some kind of a, an extra noble thing to do uh, but this is slowly transforming into if this is an, an asset that i have and i have to manage it and i could get paid for it then how do i actually uh, manage it well and how am i not giving it away for just too low prices or how are the big companies not going to live with their uh, information asymmetries that they know more about what it's worth than I do. And then what is the role of the government in these kind of situations? So most of these are, are really um, practical questions that really dig to the philosophical levels of, of our everyday uh, lives. Yeah, well, that was great. You know, thank you for sharing that um, about, you know, regulations. I know that a lot of people are continuing to talk about that and thinking about things. And so we, like we said at Cognolytica, we'll be continuing to track that. In the show notes, we'll make sure to link to the Hungry AI strategy so that folks can read it um, in more detail if they're interested. I know that we were able to give a high-level overview here, but sometimes it's always nice to read it as well. And then we'll also link to to the uh, strategies, laws, and regulations uh, that we have, and then the report as well, and the country-level adoption report as well. So if listeners would like to learn more about any of those, they'll be in the show notes. And Gergay, I know that we have a bonus episode coming up with you, so I'm very excited for that. Listeners, if you'd like to listen to the bonus episode, we encourage you to go to aitoday.live. That's where all of our episodes live, as well as all of our special bonus episodes as well. So Gergay, um, I know that we'll be talking a little bit more about autonomous vehicles and regulation there, how Hungary looks to become one of the leaders in testing self-driving vehicles. And then we'll also talk a little bit about how, how Hungary is positioning themselves in the European market and with their uh, AI strategy. So I want to thank you so much for your time. And we're definitely excited for this bonus episode. Listeners, if you've enjoyed thank listening. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. And listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.